am here with my really good friend, Gerard Howard. And I'm up here just smiling because, you know, we go way back. Gerard and I both started HBCU band websites around the same time. Gerard's actually predates mine a little bit. Gerard, he marched for Jackson State, percussion player. And so I just wanted to talk to him and find out like his experiences and, you know, just learn a little more about him. Cause to me, he's a little bit under the radar, but I still think you need to know about him. <laughs> so how you doing? Yeah. How you doing? Doing fine, doing fine, doing fine. And to kind of piggyback on what you said about site-wise, the way I'm kind of sort of the thing is that you could almost say that you, Mike and myself are kind of almost like the founders, if you will, of the online black college band experience. At this point, we more or less started just about the same time and have had just about, you know, have had the same type of tremendous impact on the band community, you know, so we'd have found it. <laughs> you know, we go way back. We go way back. And it's always good to see you like at events and everything, but let's, let's get into you. All right. So All right. where's your hometown? New Orleans, New Orleans, okay. Louisiana. Okay, so that's a big band hub, HBCU band hub, right? Yeah. Well, actually, yes and no. New Orleans, during the time I grew up, only exposure that we really had to, you know, Black college marching bands was the Bayou Classic. So literally, the entire year, the only the only exposure that we really had, we're talking about, for me, my time was, you know, my time in New Orleans was 89 and 95. So basically... Bayou Classic Battle of the Bands and the Bayou Classic was the only time that we ever saw bands come down. Every now and then, Southern might come down for, uh, you know, might come down for Mardi Gras, whatnot. But mm -hmm. we more or less operated, we operated, I guess you could say, Southern was a huge, a huge influence in the city. But besides for Southern, we operated without seeing anybody. Okay. So, the way I, I would kind of really think about it, I mean, when I say operated without seeing anybody, I mean, you know, all we had were audio tape, band tapes, and a few people may have actually had videotapes, and we heard rumors of bands, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, all the general New Orleans band community had really been exposed to was Southern and Grambling on a regular basis. Every night, then you might get some people who go to uh, Texas Southern, our uh, some people who went to uh, Florida and them and all that stuff, but it was rare. A large majority, pretty much the entire, you know, the city had a huge Southern influence. So I want to get, I want to get back to you. I want to get, I want to get back to you. So mm -hmm. I know you're a percussion player. I know you play, you play bass drum at Jackson, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's go back to when when did you first learn percussion? Middle school, seventh grade or so, or earlier? Earlier, I uh, I started off playing snare actually, and I took private lessons at first, mm -hmm. and I uh, took private lessons so I could play. By the time I got to elementary school, by the time I went to junior high school, I played snare, and then when I got to high school, I played bass drum. So okay. bass drum up until uh, up until college. Okay. Uh, okay. Concert band wise, though, I kind of jumped back and forth between bass drum and snare. Okay. Okay. So what made you want to choose percussion or was it, I mean, you, it sounds like you were pretty young. So was it that your, your parents, your family chose it for you? When I was a kid, I was at a parade, a Mardi Gras parade, and uh, I was at a Demian one year, standing on Canal Street. 
and I saw this drummer go by. Uh, the, you know, at the time, the band was the the, the section was doing police beat, but he did like this really, really, really long roll during his police beat, and I just remember that it, like that was always just like the coolest thing, you know, for me as a kid. I'd say I wanted to do that, and so that you know, I, I think there are probably like a ton of kids who grew up wanting wanting to be drummers, and uh, you know, I just happened to be one of them. Okay. Okay. So you play, you know, percussion all through elementary, middle school, and then you reach high school. What was your high school like? I went to McDonough 35 Senior High School, home of the Ron, Ron Eagles. <laughs> you got to um, say the whole name of the school like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, and then, you know, junior high school, too. I went to Francis William Gregory Junior High School for all the New Orleans people who happened to be watching. But uh, high school was a great experience. Um we fought against uh, a number of, and I say high school, but really in New Orleans, you have to really kind of, you have to really put the junior high school and high school component together. We saw as much action as the high school saw. And when I say action, I mean, in New Orleans, New Orleans was a little bit different. The band world, I think, is kind of really catching up to it now, in a sense. But we had a football season, obviously, where most bands go at it. But then we had parade season. And it wasn't just about it being a parade season. We went at it before the parades. So when I say went at it, I'm talking about as soon as somebody got off the bus. Matter of fact, you was waiting for the action before you left the band room, before you left the parking lot, before you left the school, everybody was about that action. And by the time you had hit the parade grounds, you was waiting for somebody to waiting for somebody to line up against you. If you was a junior high school, you ain't care whether or not it was a high school or whomever. It was, uh, it was just somebody here waiting for that action. So mm-hmm. for us, junior high school, you know, obviously junior high school is a fetus for high schools, but that in New Orleans, it's an easy continuation. The action that, you know, that we saw in high school is the same action that we saw in junior high school. The spirit of it was, was, was the same. Okay. All right. So you obviously went to Jackson State. So why did you choose Jackson State? Well, that's an interesting question. I didn't get exposed to Jackson State until until the last minute. And I would say that that has kind of always been one of my, the story I tell me, Hannah, has, has been one of the reasons why I was kind of really on this thing about exposing people to other programs. At the time, I had actually decided, you know, by the time I, when I got a band scholarship to go to Jackson State, when I got to my senior year in high school, I gotten to the point that I, I decided to some extent to uh, wanted to kind of move on to something different. When I was looking for colleges, I decided that I didn't want to perform. You know, I, I wanted to kind of get out of the band. At the time, I had just gotten a uh, internship right out of high school for this program that allowed me to basically intern in my field directly out of high school, the En-ROADS program. And I wanted to focus more on academics. So I decided... I just decided that I was going to go to the University of Southwestern Louisiana and major in uh, electrical engineering with an emphasis in telecommunications. And literally out the blue, out of the blue one morning, uh, the way I like to kind of sit back and tell it, uh, it was a Saturday morning back in the 90s. I was sitting back, chilling, eating my breakfast, watching X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's just a regular Saturday morning. The phone rang and I got a call from William Bethea, you know, <laughs> is the uh, band director at Norfolk, Norfolk State now, but was the uh, percussion instructor at Jackson State. And apparently what happened was that my band director had uh, told him about 
couple of graduating seniors who were good musicians, and they offered me an opportunity to come up and perform for a scholarship at Jackson State. Kind of more or less a, we're offering you a scholarship, you have to come up and perform, and we need to make sure that you can get this scholarship, but if you can play, we can, you know, you got it. You know, mm-hmm. you know I, I quickly called one of my homeboys to get some Jackson State tapes. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of really get a feel because there was no internet. There was no internet, obviously, at that time. So I uh, went up and auditioned. And Jackson has been wonderful, wonderful for me ever since I've been there. Right. Okay. It's been, been fantastic. Good. All right. So let's talk about you got to Jackson, your, your first band camp. So tell me, what was that like? Oh, it was a very interesting experience. You know, I was sitting there thinking to myself, after about day, either day two or day three, probably day two, you felt like you've known your crab brothers the entire, <laughs> the entire <laughs> lives. Like you've seen, you've known these cats two days, but you feel like you've been in a struggle with them the entire lives. You know where they're from, you know where they went, you know, all that stuff. You know, I was just kind of thinking to myself about things that as band members, you know, uh, literally within hours of going to band camp, which is, you know, the alma mater. Like, you learned the alma mater the night you left the band. You mm-hmm. knew it. And just other things, you know, it's just stuff that other people struggling for, struggling with the alma mater, you knew, you knew it like the back of your hand. Because at this point, you know, by the time you get into camp and then you get into the season, I mean, you're singing the alma mater every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I would almost kind of say hard to put into words, but I marched in 95 and 95 was a, uh, spectacular year at Jackson State. I, I better yet, I would just, I would say a, a very, very notable year at Jackson State. Well, we had some great battles for one. Good. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Like um, the Florida A&M battle. The Florida A&M battle is one of the classic battles that we did. My story from that was, I remember, you know, kind of sitting down and uh, I think I may have been, you know, sitting down on my drum or whatnot. You know, this is, this was in between us playing and I think I may have looked at something else and then the next thing I knew, fam, you had opened up with that uh, Olympic fanfare. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like it was, like, man, it was killing. And that was a that was a fantastic battle overall. The other battle was, of course, Jackson State Southern '95. Yeah, uh, that one. That's a legendary band yeah. battle. <laughs> yeah, that one is that one is is, is legendary and. I almost feel like I could write a book on that, you know, about the, the day of, and just to be perfectly honest with you, the experience being a New Orleans bandsman playing against Southern at another school, because obviously back during that time, it was a different, you know, it was a different day and age in the city. I would say that you either find yourself on one side of the gun or the other, <laughs> you know, in, in that type of situation. So it was a hell of a battle. From the standpoint that I remember getting to a point to where we played a good piece of our book, like a huge, huge piece. At the end of the battle, basically, then, then, matter of fact, they cut the lights off. It seemed like maybe like an hour into the battle. The battle, uh, I think, I want to say battle-wise, it was probably about maybe 10.30 till about 10.30 till about 1. We didn't leave the stadium till about 1. And the stadium was closed. Like, we had to leave through... Uh, lead through some turnstiles basically like as in everything was completely closed Mm -hmm. y'all just leaving through y'all just leaving through the gate we left this gate open for y'all right that kind of thing but again that there are like a ton of stories that could be told about uh it would almost be be something at some point to get some people 
from Jackson State and Southern who are, uh, you know, who are, you know, participants in the battle to kind of be on at the same time. The other major battle was Alcorn. And uh, for the most part, I had never seen Alcorn before, but I knew that the entire, basically the entire season, up of the classroom had been just talking straight trash about Alcorn. Like they were just like the most garbage thing, the most heinous garbage thing that uh, you know you had ever seen in life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, man. We get to the game, I get over it, I look up, look across the field. It's about 280 people over there, mm-hmm. 280. And man, when I tell you they had a band, it was one of the best battles. Alcorn was, I wouldn't just say it was like a sleeper battle, but it was Jackson State Alcorn 95 easily becomes one of my most enjoyable battles because it was a neck and neck what and what battle. I mean, they sounded good. We sounded good, but they sounded good too. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I enjoyed their arrangements. I think they played uh, You Are Not Alone. They put their uh, hats on. They, they all put their hats on and all that stuff. And then uh, basically just kind of uh, all, all in unison and whatnot, moved their head back to one way or another way or whatnot. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm just kind of saying all these things objectively as a band here. I enjoyed them. That's mm-hmm. not any, that's not, that doesn't take anything, you know, away from Jackson State, but I enjoyed them as a band. One other thing that they did was uh, they played this uh, gospel song called Joy. Basically, you know, it's like they played the song. This is one of those, are you serious moments when you're sitting on the other side of the field? Again, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're talking about I'm a freshman and I had never seen all of before. So they played a piece of the song, then they started singing a song. And so again, we're talking about a 280-piece band that just turned into a 280-piece choir that's singing in, you know, singing in harmony, joy, 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 and just kind of doing a, you know, doing like a 280-piece choir. I mean, it was, it was a great battle. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was a great battle. So you were I in would, the middle, you were in the middle of two big battles your freshman year. Yeah, well, you know, for sure, and I, you know, I would definitely throw the fam you battle up in that too, because that was okay. another one, but. Still, for sure, Southern Jackson State, 95, and then Alcorn. And Alcorn, Alcorn one didn't last as long. I don't remember if they cut the lights out on us, but it was a pretty, still a pretty decent Lent battle. Not as long as the Southern one, though. Okay. All right. So you graduate. You were, were you a computer science major? Yeah, computer science major. Okay. okay. I, I majored in, uh, in math pre-engineering at Jackson State first, and then eventually switched over to computer science, which is which was a, a better route to go because, you know, basically I wanted to work uh, work with the internet. Had I done math pre-engineering and I would have had to switch to an engineering school for another two years. And uh, computer science for what I wanted to end up doing at the end of the day was, uh, was, was the better route to go. Okay. All right. So you graduate and you, how'd you get the job at Jackson State? Because you're still there, right? Yeah. So essentially I had been building... I guess that kind of, you know, kind of comes down to the history and all that stuff too. I've been building websites. Interesting story there. My freshman year at Jackson State, again, for reference, for some of the younger folks listening, not that they're, they're young, I guess I'm old, <laughs> but the <laughs> younger folks are probably like in their 20s. But during this time, we're talking about like 95 years. So, you know, basically the internet was, still more or less the World Wide web as we know it was still more or less in its infancy like mosaic might have been out during that time and then yeah. Netscape 1.0 so yeah. my freshman year 
<laughs> I saw uh, people in a computer lab. I think I started intern. I started doing work study in a computer lab probably my freshman year. And I saw some. I saw people there building web pages, and uh, I would ask them how to build web pages and all that stuff. And it was like, you know, they just kind of shoot me off and told me to, you know, just kind of go it on or whatnot. And nobody had time to show me anything. And so I got a book and started building pages myself. Just got a book and just went through examples, went through the Hello World example and all that stuff and mm-hmm. actually started building pages myself. And so maybe about the spring of 96, I created a page for the ROTC department at the time. You know, this is the early 90s, so you could do that kind of stuff as a student back during that time. But I created websites for different departments and whatnot while I was there. And just kind of getting into the infancy with, you know, with, with Black College bands and how all that started. To kind of go back a little bit, I marched to the band my freshman year. By the end, I went there to the band scholarship, marched my freshman year. By the end of my first year, I had got an academic scholarship that basically just wanted me to go to school. They were paying a full ride, tuition, out-of-state fees, book stipend, well, like books, as well as like a $600 a month stipend and Whoa. sitting in the conferences. Exactly. We're talking about $600 a month. Back in the 90s, back in the mid 90s. So basically, they just wanted me to go to school. You know, that was their thing. We just want you to go to school. We, you know, rather you not do anything else, we just want you to go to school. So I uh, wrote the band directors a letter thanking them for the opportunity to, uh, opportunity for getting me at Jackson State. And I told them that I just started building web pages and maybe I could work with them in a different capacity. And as it turned out, Dr. Liddell was a techie. Among the many things that he did, he was actually a techie. He was a programmer, believe it or not, for those Jackson State people watching it. But he had just never really gotten into building web pages. And it was something that I did. So I began to work with the band. I spent my next year uh, basically traveling with the band, doing photography, and taking pictures for the band's website. So if that sounds familiar to anybody as far as what, you know, what, what, what happens, you know, I spent the entire year traveling, doing photography and preparing all that stuff to put on the band's website. So the spring of, uh, that was the fall of 96. So the spring of 97 is when I launched uh, the band's first website. And so on the website, I had stuff about the band directors. I had just the general stuff that you put on a university band website, but I also had like a gallery where I put all my pictures on there, you know, everything that I took that turned out nice. And we had a guest book. Now, gallery-wise, yeah, we, we get to the guest book in a second. Gallery-wise, one point of frustration that ended up happening was is that I put everybody on the gallery that I had. So if we went to, if we went saw FAMU at a battle of the bands, or if we saw whomever, I put them all inside the, the gallery. Dr. Liddell wanted me to take, all, take the other bands off and just feature Jackson State. And I remember just kind of going... But I mean, you know, it's the internet. We can put, you know, all this on. You know, like, nah, we just need to be Jackson State. We don't need to be, more or less, we don't, we don't need to be representing else other than ourselves, which makes sense. So I took them off, but that was kind of like a sense of, I would say like a sense of reluctance and frustration because I wanted to show my work on, on the site, you know. So the second thing was, is that we had a guest book. The guest book, guest books are real popular back during that time. You know, they were just a spot for people to go on and say, hey, look, you know, we like you. We like the band. Usually alumni would come on there and, you know, just kind of give shout outs and all that stuff, et cetera. But what started happening was is that other bands would come on the site 
and basically started talking noise. And not even just talking noise about Jackson State, they started coming on the site and talking noise about each other. Yep. <laughs> which, I remember. <laughs> yeah, which basically turned into a, it would, it kind of, there were many times that Dr. Liddell pulled me aside and was like, look, man, we need to go ahead and do, <laughs> we need to do something about this more or less before this kind of, before it becomes a problem. They, to give you like a case in point with that, as it kind of got into the fall, it got into the incident with uh, Southern and Prairie View, the fight. And so there were actually people from Southern and Prairie View on Jackson State's guest book talking about the fight. I mean, yes. it, you know, Go, 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 go. Let me stop you there. So before I started talking with you, I, I interviewed Mike Lee. We were talking about like the history of the fifth and we were talking about how like the Southern and Prairie View fight, that really just got the thing going for us because like I can tell you personally, I after all the, the bad publicity that both of those schools were getting, that both of those bands were getting, I knew I wanted to go somewhere that are have a place where we could talk about HBCU bands without us being judged by the outside. And mm -hmm. that's what inspired me. And, you know, I was surfing the net at this time and I ran across the, the Jackson State book. And so that kind of inspired me to do my side site before I even met Mike. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just funny how we're all connected. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> because that one was, was also a, it was also a, again, Dr. Liddell going, hey, look, man, you got to do something with this stuff. And so, you know, you got to get these people off of here. And so it became a, obviously, just like you're saying, these people need some place to go, which ended up leading on to blackcollegebands.com. It was like a, there has to be a transition, mm -hmm. has to be a transition from this to some kind of site where basically band heads can go and discuss, you know, discuss band related topics. And so for that, when I ended up starting, I kind of took, there were different elements that were there that needed to all exist. So one, like I mentioned, the fact that I wanted to, you know, that I was, I was going to games every weekend and doing photography of bands. I wanted to be able to have a place where I wanted it to be like ESPN, where, you know, every weekend you could just kind of go and you can, see what happened band-wise and whatnot. And so when I first started BlackCollegeBands.com, I had a, uh, a digital camera. Well, I'm gonna run and get it right quick. Here's a, this one is a replica of the one that I had before, but it was a Kodak DC, you know, cause I had it all planned out. Maybe I, maybe what I do is I kind of go to send you okay. a picture of it, a picture of it. But you know, the idea was to basically, you know, this is like 19, uh, 1998. So 98, yeah. I was gonna ask you, know, you when, when did the site when did when did the site first go live? So the site went live fall 98. Fall 98 is when it first first Man, went we were really close because I started my side site in like October 98. So we were we were right there together. When I came to, when I came to your house and visited, you had all of these press passes that you had, like through the years. And that's the one regret that I have about the whole thing when I was going to games all the time is that I threw away not all of them, but some of my collector's items and I should have kept them. Like coming into your house and seeing those made me think, oh man, I should have saved those. Well, I'm sure you still got a bunch of them, huh? Uh, 
they somewhere. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> they somewhere. I got some Honda ones somewhere. You know, the first few Hondas. But yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I kept all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, highlights. Uh, boombox. Let's talk about boombox. How did how did that nickname come across? Well, yeah, but that, you know that one was the easy one. Uh, basically, a lot of the names that I ended up naming were just kind of uh, naming conventions with me just trying to figure out how to name how to name either events and our footage. So boombox wise, at this time, you know, I've been shooting the boombox. I've been shooting the Jackson Steve Southern game for a while now, and and basically, you know, on marching sport, I just got it. I got tired of calling it, you know. Jackson State versus Southern, you know, Jackson State versus Southern who won. Jackson State versus Southern, blah, 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 you know. And from a bandhead standpoint, you know, the game is a classic. One, it's a classic. It's a classic for us, yes. Yeah, regardless of whether anybody else sees it, sees it as a classic, it's a classic for bandhead. So I was just naming the section, the photography section on my site. Like, I was just, I didn't want to call it Jackson State versus Southern, so I literally just went Human jukebox, sonic boom in the south, juke boom, boombox, boombox classic. You know, like I just put it together, and it was really just something that I just named a section. I just named the section of, of my sign at the time, and so the next year, you know, I just happened to be talking to a talking to a cat from Atlanta. You know, I heard him say, "Man, the boombox classic is going to be pretty hot." I said, "You know," and I, I kind of went like, "What? Did he just, did you, did you just say boombox classic?" And it apparently, you know, picked up and had really kind of been called that, had been called that ever since. Ever since. And that was uh that was old too. And to be honest with you, it's been it's been other things that have kind of really been just like that too. Say for instance, uh, let's take uh the zero quarter for instance. Mm-hmm. So so with that, the zero quarter got its name probably. This is during the marching when I was doing the marching network. The zero quarter got its name somewhere probably between 06 and 08. During this time, for me, the first seven to eight years or so of, of uh, between, you know, BlackCollegeBands.com and, and Marching Sport, I did photography the first, first from like 98 up until 05. And for, con- for context and reference, 05-wise, we're talking about a time when, when broadband internet started to kind of, kind of become more popular in households mm-hmm. and editing video footage was becoming a little bit easier than what it was before. Like prior to 05, it was hell. Hellish it takes all night. It takes yeah. all night. I remember having to go to games. Like I would record at games and by no means I'm like a big time editor or anything. But I remember having to go to games and like cut and make clips and it would take me hours. To the point that you don't know, you don't know what you're going to get by the time you finish. Yeah, like, and that it's, kind of it's not even enjoyable. Right. Again, you don't know what you're going to get by the time you finish. So I did photography and audio clips for the first, you know, seven, or eight years or so. In 05, mm-hmm. I switched to doing video and it was, it became popular. It was like, it was like, let's say like if I had been going to games doing audio clips, the fact that I went to this game and did video afterwards, people had, you know, just lost their mind because Right. People weren't able to kind of really see video at that time that soon behind a game or somebody with access that was going to games and getting it, et cetera. So the very next year I started the marching network and the marching network, YouTube was also kind of really coming into play back during that time also. But the marching network was a YouTube like site for bands. 
And for reference, you know, I guess for the younger folks listening, I would say that at that time, the marching network had more, the marching network was the YouTube for bands. We had more videos than, we had more band videos than with, than with YouTube had band. And when people, when band heads went to upload band footage during that time frame, they uploaded it on the marching network. So during that time, you know, being that people were starting to upload stuff and all that, all that, when I would go to games, when I would label the footage for before the game, I would call it pregame. You know, I would just call it pregame, Jackson State versus Southern, pregame, blah, 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 blah. And even admittedly at the time, I would call uh, after the game, post game, because I didn't want to call it the fifth quarter. <laughs> why? Because of, of my site. I, yeah, I didn't you know. I, you know, I, you know, I got you know. I guess I, I considered y'all to be competitive, so I didn't want to call it the fifth quarter. Well, you know, wait a like, minute! Nah. I thought we weren't competitive. I thought we well, were. I mean, I'm from New Orleans, Christy. Christy, I love you, but I'm from New Orleans. And truth, the, wait, wait, no, no, here we go. Let me say this. Let me say this too. The truth of the matter is, is that we actually weren't really competitors because we had two different audiences, and both audiences were pretty loyal. Like. Basically, marching sport was mostly swag, and you know, mostly swag. A little bit of MIAC. The fifth was, you know, basically mostly MIAC. They really mostly MIAC and a nice mixture of everybody else too. But during that time, I didn't want to name. I didn't want to name my post game footage. You know, uh, the uh, didn't want to call it the fifth quarter. I cannot so, believe you. I know, I know, I know, I know. So what I ended up doing was is that the pregame footage. Since you all had the fifth, had the name the fifth, I just started calling it the zero. <laughs> you know, like the fifth quarter, the fifth quarter, and then you know the zero. And so over time, you know, that eventually just became the zero quarter. Like that was it was really just a naming convention. It was just a naming convention, just to name footage, you know, just to name the beginning of the footage. And again. It was something that, you know, who knew that literally the entire band world and even people outside, the same way that people in the band world called the fifth quarter after the game, you know, the fifth quarter is they call the zero quarter the zero, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really been a great journey. I've really, really, really enjoyed it. I kind of sit back some, you know, every now and then I would sit back and uh, I would think about myself as the seventh grader doing his first football game and marching against his first band and uh just kind of thinking about that kid like if i could have told that kid that i was going to become me if i could have told that kid that i would be you know shaking hands with band directors or standing in front of bands and you know like you go from the kid at the kid at the bayou classic battle of bands who gets to the bayou classic battle of bands at like five o'clock to stand in line, to to sit, you know, to kind of find a good seat and all that other kind of stuff. I spent years doing it as a kid. And to now, you know, you get, you know, basically I'm on the field recording. One interesting thing is, is that when I first got started and I was trying to get a, get access to uh, to cover the Bayou Classic Battle of the Bands, this might've been maybe, I don't know if it's 01 or 02, somewhere along those lines, but I requested access to cover the Bayou Classic Battle of the Bands. And the people were more or less like, uh, you know, well, who are you? You know, like, what else? Yeah, mm-hmm. who are you? What do, you, what do you want? You know? And so, you know, I'm kind of going, 
man, you know, I, you know, marches for it. I, you know, you, you know, I should be, I shouldn't have this problem. I should, like, you know, get access, whatever. So, I, uh, this was probably maybe the one of the only times that I had to kind of go back and sit in the stands after I was doing marching. And I remember sitting in the stands, looking at this mural that they had up, and I was looking at the crest that they had for Southern's drum major, and I said, "Oh, that's a whole lot of detail in that crest." And I looked back at the entire shot, and it was one of my shots. And I had looked at the shot over there for Grambling, and the shot that they had was also one, you know, the thing that the person, somebody had drawn was actually one of my shots. And I'm sitting there going to myself, I can't get access to cover this. Like, you don't know who I am, but the people who are drawing your murals are drawing my work. Salty, I'd have been salty. Yeah, you know, another story like that was is the Swag Championship 1999. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they started talking about doing a Swag Championship and started saying that all the bands were going to be there, I reached out to, uh, I reached out to the public relations director, I guess whoever the you know, sports media person was out there for uh, the swag. And I told him who I was and I you know, mentioned to him about doing this, you know, the website for the swag championship for free. Because back during that time, you know, basically I just wanted to, I just wanted to put created by blackcollegebands.com at the bottom of the site, you know, just some sort of a creation credit so people would come to my site. So spoke with them, volunteered to do the site for free, never heard from the people. As time goes by, I sit back and I look at a, I go to the Swag Championship site. I go to the site, they're using my pictures on the site. Whoever they got and they paid money to do the site is using my pictures on their site. And I'm sitting there going, you know, like, like that again was kind of one of those moments where, again, it's one of those things where people don't know who you are, but the people who you hire <laughs> and pay money to know who I am. Wow. Either, they know, either they know your work, you know. So, okay, so let's let's talk about one more thing. We're going to talk about one more thing. Mm -hmm. I know you were in your New Orleans jazz band, right? Mm -hmm. And then don't you have some of your pictures in the African-American History Museum in D.C.? All right, so I don't have pictures in the African-American Museum, but basically they're using some of my video work inside of an exhibition at the museum. They contacted me more or less about using... A, a piece of one of my videos from the uh, Bayou Classic. It's showing in the uh, Music Crossroads exhibition. They're using a piece of one of my videos inside of an exhibition at the uh, African American Museum of History in, in DC. I just, I just, I just been selling it. You gotta let the people know, Gerard. Ah, oh, man, I be chilling. You know. Uh, oh, uh, I mean, I guess on photography wise, though, you know, I'm also a nature and landscape photographer. Like. I got into nature and I talk, talk about, about the band a second. I got into nature and landscape photography as a result of covering black college marching bands. And uh, since then, I've you know done several shows, had shows in you know a couple of galleries. I've also shown at the Mississippi Museum of Art, and I have worked in the uh, permanent collection at the Mississippi Museum of Art, nature and landscape wise. Band wise, about 10 years ago, you know, ended up getting with these cats, starting a, a brass band here in the area. And the Southern Comfort Brass Band is the uh, name of the band. We've been rolling ever since. And that's been a great experience. We've had a chance to open up for, uh, we opened up for Snoop Dogg one year, open up for Dr. John and the Meters. It's, it's been great. You know, that's for me, I would say has kind of been, actually it's been a couple of things. You know, it's been one of those unexpected, uh, unexpected cool. Let's talk about your own serious XM, your jazz show. Let's talk about that. Yeah, See all yeah. this stuff I'm having to pull out of you. Come on, man. 
Yeah, you know, so also too, about 10 years ago also, I started uh, hosting a show on WJSU in Jackson, which is uh, the only, kind of pretty much the only jazz radio station in Mississippi. And so probably about, I think it's maybe about seven years ago, my show got syndicated to Sirius XM. So basically, you know, I have, I guess, kind of do hosting abilities. It's on Sirius XM channel 142. The HBCU uh, channel? Yeah. So I'm on air Monday through Friday, pretty much on both stations. From 12 to 4 on the terrestrial station, well, you can listen, you can listen to it online also, is Monday through Friday from 12 to 4. And on Sirius XM, my new shows air on Fridays from 12 to 2 Central Time, 1 to 3 Eastern. But it also airs uh, at various times during the week also. Like, the times are kind of sporadic. So let's say like if it's one to three on Fridays, uh, one of the other shows might be airing on, you know, from like two to four and then like four to six, you know, on Tuesdays or something, something like that. So, but yeah, I'm on Sirius XM um, several times a week, as well as, uh, you know, locally in Jackson on FM 88.5. What I love about jazz is, is that jazz was a break from the marching band world. It was a, a break from the the aggressiveness, if you will, of the, you know, the my version is better than your version, et cetera. To whereas in jazz, it's really more of a more for me, as it has always been more about an appreciation of it. I want to hear what you have to see. That thing, you know. I'm not necessarily interested in it being the best. I just want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear your take on it, you know. And so that's kind of been, you know, my thing with it. All right, Gerard. Well, we're going we gonna to close it on out, but any, um, go ahead and shout out like your websites and any projects yeah. you have going on. And yeah. Site-wise now, the current site that we have up now is uh, bandhead.org. Also, nowadays, you can catch uh, most of the stuff that we do is on YouTube at uh, Marching Sport on YouTube. The name previously was hbcubands.com for the channel. And I'll be more working on some HBCUbands.com, uh, you know, projects. So that's some stuff in the works with that. With that, but uh, the channel is Marching Sport, and uh, you know, I do all the you know the video and the editing and all that stuff for that. So you can check that out. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. And man, you're 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 a humble dude. Even though you hurt my feelings with that fifth quarter, zero quarter stuff. But anyway, other than that. <laughs> You, you, you know you are a very humble dude and you do not like you're, you're not one that's in the spotlight but you do a lot of good stuff and i want you to be recognized for it and you've been my friend for years and yeah so it's all and, good you know, like I don't, I don't know at some point we had to tell a story to tell a story about how you know how we met you see what i'm saying and how interesting that piece was i don't know if you got time <laughs> yes <laughs> you know so the story with that was is that at some point at some point when we started our sites, I think I must have reached out to you just to kind of talk to you, just, you know, kind of like as a, hey, is somebody else doing a Black College Band site? Hey, how are you? Let's sit back and talk. Basically, we talked for a few minutes, found out that we were both members of the National Society of Black Engineers. Yeah. And then started talking noise. <laughs> <laughs> talking noise about what region we was from ever, ever since. Because, you know, two, hype. You know, I got to give a shout out to hype. <laughs> Region three. Region three for all the National Society of Black Engineers, you know, engineers people. 
have who happen to be listening, region three is in the house. Yeah. My former life, I was an engineer. So, you know, I, I still always rep Nesby. I got a, a mug right back there, my Nesby mug back, back, back there. So, you know, I always got a piece of it with me. There we go. You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.